Is it a good idea to offer free tech support to friends and families? Is it a good way to gain experience? I'm Mike Walton, and this is the SysAdmin School Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Today's podcast is going to be a topic that I have thought a lot about and have changed my stances over my career and over the years, and that is should you offer free tech support to family and friends? And I think most people are kind of in my boat, and they they think, yes, yeah, you know, family and friends get a pass, and yes, we should offer them free tech support, while your good family and friends are going to always offer to pay you, you know, we typically offer them free tech support. Um, I think in in my experience on this, I think starting out, as I've said back in my other episode, uh, volunteer work, I believe episode seven, is you should gain as much experience as possible. That is just the paramount. When you're starting out from the beginning, you need to gain as much experience as you possibly can and as much knowledge because really a lot of the knowledge we gain, we gain some from school, we gain some from other places, but really experience. Um, experience is what helps us develop that knowledge putting at least for me putting hands on equipment and doing things you know i've rebuilt and i've cleaned out a i can't even count how many friends and families and neighbors computers and it's just you know there's things that i learn from each one (laughs) is what i learn worth it uh for the amount of time i spend on those you can you can argue that back and forth um but offering tech support to family and friends or even just giving it even if you don't offer it if they know you're in the tech field they're going to probably ask it does it does gain experience and again it's it's something that i would recommend doing if asked um when you're starting out because just being able to you know clean out someone's computer speed it up even if you're going to spend 90 percent of your time googling stuff and 10 percent actually doing it you're going to learn, and you're going to reinforce what you've learned. You're going to learn services to look out for in people's computers, that things that aren't shouldn't be there, things that are good, uninstalling things, and, and just general computer maintenance and helping you know, speed up someone's computer or rid it of viruses. Um, free can be a good incentive to allow – to encourage people to let you work on their computer. You know, I mean, if someone knows they're not paying you, they may be willing to accept the fact that their computer is not – the way it was out of the factory when they got it back from you. Um, Once you start adding price tags to things, people have a start getting a little higher expectation, especially if you add a a higher price tag to that. Um, And certainly, you know, once you what I would recommend is once you get a little further into your career and you understand computers and you're you know the amount of time investment is going to take, start charging a little bit, Um, and that can certainly help. One, it will help. You know, make a little money, obviously, but it also it's going to help detract from those people who just want free tech support. Um, again, most people would luckily they would actually be willing to pay you. I think most family members that I've worked on their computers, they do the whole at the end passing. How much do I owe you? Oh, you don't owe me anything. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's it's that passing where most of them would be willing to pay you something. Um, you know, not probably the cost that would really justify the amount of hours you spent, but they're most likely willing to pay you something, and if they know up front that you are expecting some form of payment, this will probably detract from some of the people who really just want free tech support. Um, and one thing that you'll learn that I learned, again, starting out, 
I was happy to work on anyone's computer that that they brought. But working on people's computers, giving people tech support, which for most people is my computer's running slow, or my computer's just riddled with viruses, um, it, it gets old really quick. <laughs> you can, you know, set up. I've certainly set up two or three friends or families or neighbors' computers before and had virus scans running on them in the background, or had them being rebuilt with, you know, their Windows operating system because that was really the only way to completely clear off all the viruses and all the crap basically that they had put on that computer um so it's a it's a it's a job that gets old quick it's um especially again as you progress in your career and you see these same things over and over again you really are not likely going to want to spend your time working on people's computers especially once you get into it you're not going to want to spend your free time working on people's computers um and again, because most people, they have the same issues. They've installed a bunch of malware or bloatware or junk or even viruses that, you know, just take time to get off. They either take time to clear them, take time to find them, or it takes time to completely wipe and rebuild their computer. Um, or the more common one now for a lot of people is they get ransomware. And unfortunately, ransomware is a wipe and rebuild. There's not a whole lot we can do about that. So, again, fixing people's computers is great for experience, um, but in my opinion, it does get old really quick. It's something that we, I think we should do. I think we should offer our friends and family that's, that kind of service, if you will, as we're learning especially, but it gets old quick. Um, and again, like I mentioned, charging a fee can uh, certainly help reduce the amount of work. If you tell people up front, hey, you know, a general rebuild of this computer or me cleaning it off is going to be 50 bucks. Um, that's definitely going to detract from a lot of people who just want to say, hey, my computer's not working well. Can you take care of this for me? Um, so charging a little fee is going to get you a little money back and it's going to reduce your workload, but you're still going to get some experience. So Again, I, I, I recommend doing this especially early in your career and then trying to maybe very lightly and gently phase it out as you progress because, again, you learn things about a computer. You learn what services are on a computer, what should be running it, what shouldn't be running. And that, that kind of back knowledge that you gain, it, it really just it sticks with you. Like I can look at a computer and I can almost immediately tell which services I really need to dig into and look, and which ones I can ignore. You know, on the computers nowadays, if you pop open Task Manager and look at what processes are running, it could take you hours if you needed to Google almost every single one to determine which ones could be malicious and which ones you can actually get rid of. It, once you've done that a few times, you, you start knowing. You start understanding what looks right, what looks bad, and then you also start understanding what people can do to improve their computer's performance whether they have to actually add new hardware or whether they need a complete rebuild which for me 99 times out of 100 that's what i recommend to people is you want this the way it was out of the box when you first bought it we need to literally wipe everything on it off of it and start from scratch um so yeah so i think that again i think that's a great way to to start, I think there's nothing wrong with that when you're in your early in your career, but you need to keep it in check because it certainly you can find yourself spending a whole lot of time outside of work um, doing this for people for free. Because again, you know, it, depending on what's wrong with the computer, every computer you get could easily take two to three hours 
of work, not to mention having processes and stuff running in the background. So again, great for experience. I recommend doing it, uh, but taper it off as you progress further in your career. Now, for me, the more fun part that I still offer, I actually still offer this to people um, for friends and families, again, and other places, but um, consulting services. Now, and there's a big difference between, for me, between tech support and consulting services. Tech support is, my computer's running slow, can you help? Sure. Consulting services, to me, are more, I'm looking at buying a new computer, what would you recommend? Or, I'm looking to upgrade my wireless networking, what would you recommend? Or, hey, I want to build, I want to have my own email server, or I want to have my own web server in my house, what would you recommend? These, to me, are more fun. (laughs) They're more fun just because they're kind of things I like. They're the more high-level design type concepts and conversations with people. Um, And I still offer these Again, to friends and family, they don't come up nearly as often, but I do I do offer them um, because they can give you real experience. Um, they give you a chance to look at what's out there. So when someone asks you, I'm looking at upgrading the wireless in my house, what would you recommend? Gives you some time to ask some questions. What are you looking to do with it? What speed internet do you currently have? Are you looking to upgrade that? What type of devices are you going to be connecting to it? Are you going to be doing gaming, which is also very important? And these types of questions then help you, you know, look through what's new. Look what's out there. If you haven't looked in a while, look at the new wireless access points that um, NetApp or Cisco sell or my new personal favorite, Ubiquity, um, a little more on the higher end, but I digress. <laughs> it, it allows you to ask those questions. It allows you to ask the questions. It allows you to then look at what is actually out there and what you can recommend to people. And what I like about this approach um, is these these types of conversations with people where people are asking you your opinion on something. They give you an opportunity to offer something to them that you yourself may not have been able to work with. Um, and most of these conversations, do they do end up with the, okay, great, I will get what you recommend, or hey, they call you later. I decided to go with the Ubiquity access points. I decided to go with two Ubiquity access points for my to cover my house. Can you help me set them up? A lot of times that is the follow-up conversation after you've offered these consulting services. And that's actually, I, I think this is a great opportunity. It's a tremendous opportunity to allow you to, with no investment at all, even potentially make a little bit of money to get some experience on equipment. And I'll, you know, quick story, and I, I mentioned this back in my volunteering was, you know, I did the research when I did a project for a local rescue squad to redo their entire network. I, um, I did the project for them. I researched everything and Ubiquity, which again, at that time had actually become my new favorite. Um, when once I did the research, I, I re- recommended that for them. And that was something I had never, I'd seen before. I'd looked at it, thought it was awesome. I just did not have the need to spend the money to learn ubiquity equipment so i you know i i recommended it to them because at the time it was the best and still it's the best in my opinion business networking equipment that met their needs so i was able to get those in and then i was able to actually configure that for them 
So I didn't make any money. I offered that service for free. But if I wasn't, I would have made a little bit of money and I would have gotten to learn a new technology that now can go on my resume, can go on my website, or I can put as services that I'm offering to other companies if I'm doing my own site consulting uh, service. So I do highly, highly recommend offering these types of consulting services to help gain experience. Again, I, I still do this to this day. I offer consulting services to friends, family, and I offer them to uh, organizations that I support, uh, especially volunteer organizations, volunteer organizations and nonprofits should I ever be approached by one. So fire volunteer fire departments, volunteer rescue squads, um, you know, any t- sort of nonprofit that that I like or that I'm, a, I'm fond of, I will be more than happy to offer them free or highly discounted services to basically help with whatever service they need, whether it's putting in a server, whether it's setting up a new network, redoing their network, or even just offering security advice or other types of advice on their networks. And these are, again, great places to get and gain experience. What I from what I've mentioned, which you would most likely find in these types of consulting type scenarios, is you're going to find someone, especially in more of a home setting, you're going to find someone who wants to redesign their wireless, or they want to redesign or design an entire network setup. They may even ask you for your your opinion and your help on maybe even running network cable uh, to their room, their house. Maybe they have an older house and they want to run network cables. Again, these are all things. That one I would I would recommend getting some some payment for. If someone's going to ask you to help them run wire in their house, I would at least try to get some payment, even if it's just if they want to do it in a day or two and they're providing you lunch or a couple beers or coffee or whatever. Try to get something. that I've run plenty of cable in my time, and I find it in residential homes to be a pain i mean it's it's everything's sheetrock no drop ceiling highly unlikely unless the contractor was or the builder was prepared for this highly unlikely that there's already chases in the walls um especially even between floors um most walls i'm digressing here but most homes especially newer built homes have fire breaks um between floors that you literally have to drill through. So if you have wire you want to run from one floor to the other, you're going to have to actually go up and you're going to most likely be breaking and having to breaking sheetrock and having to re re-drywall areas of your or someone else's home. So it's a lot of work. It's more work than probably most people realize when they first get into it. Um so if someone asks you to do that, get a little bit of try to get a little bit of of money or uh at least some form of payment, whether it's some sort of bartering or some form of payment. Uh, but those, again, it, tremendous, tremendous experience. I, I say from the beginning that you know when you really want to understand IT systems and networking and server infrastructure and that kind of thing, you really need to start from the ground up, and you can't start any lower to the ground than cabling. Cabling is just paramount when it comes to any sort of networking. You get you get crazy problems when your cabling is not correct. But again, sorry, I'm digressing. I'm digressing off again. <clears throat> anyway, again, highly recommend consulting services, 
when you're giving opinions and you're going to potentially be working on higher level um, equipment. Now, for example, like I said, I would, if my you know mother-in-law or if a good friend of mine or even a organization came to me and said, hey, I want to redo my entire network from the ground up, I would love to work with you, get your advice, and maybe even get you to help implement it. Um, I would I would jump on those offers given other things going on. If you have the time and the availability and the knowledge, don't take on projects that you, you don't necessarily have the knowledge for or you can't research appropriately for. But if you can, if you can research appropriately for it, even if you don't have the full knowledge, I highly encourage you to take on those projects because they're going to give you that experience of working with a customer essentially that you know you know so you already have a rapport with which makes them easier to work with but you're essentially working with a customer to helping them design a setup that is going to mutually benefit you both it's going to benefit them and it's going to benefit you with the experience another quick example was same scenario a local fire department i redid their entire network and i was uh at the time i was not aware of ubiquity equipment and i offered them and now i can't even think of the name of it but it was another wireless access point um, that i had never worked with it was a more expensive one than ubiquity but it was great because once i got it in i was able to actually connect to it i learned a couple things about it that i've never never seen before in access points and yeah, i was able to configure and now that's something that i can tell people yes i can configure that access point i've done it before it's easy enough to do so in, in talking about all of this, I've gone on for a while now. One of the things that I would keep in mind, and, and if the word, one of the things you'll realize is when word gets out to people, especially depending on how tight-knit your neighborhood is or your community or whatever, if word gets out that you are a person that is doing free consulting or free work or highly discounted consulting work, um, you're going to get a lot of people. You're going to, word spreads if you do good work. Especially if you do free good work, word spreads quickly and you're going to get probably a lot of people asking for free work or highly discounted work or just, you know, work. Don't, don't ideally do free work for an actual business. Now, I talk a lot about volunteer organizations and nonprofit organizations and I, I stick with that, that I will do free or highly discounted work for those and especially for certain organizations that I have more of a passion for. Again, local fire departments and rescue squads, I just have a huge soft spot for. I will do nearly free work for them, if not completely free. Um, other more established organizations, I'll hesitate. I may discount a bit, but not fully. Don't work for free for an actual business. And I'll say that again. Don't work for free for an actual business especially a non-profit organization, or sorry, a for-profit organization. And the reason I say this is because if they're a for-profit organization and they want work done, they should be investing in their business. I'm not going to go out for my business and ask people to do free work for me. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to say, hey, I'll give you some experience, but you're not getting paid. I would never do that to somebody. Um, now, there are caveats to this, obviously. There are internships where you're not, I mean, you're interning, so you you should be getting mentored by somebody. That's a mentorship, or that's an internship. 
where you should be in men, being kind of mentored by somebody. You're not really running a project. Those, you know, there's a lot of unpaid ones out there. I'd say for those, still try to try to get the paid ones because there's some, depending where you live, there's some really iffy laws on paid and unpaid internships. Most companies that I know and that I've worked with, they err on the side of caution and they actually pay their interns to do stuff. So don't work for free for an actual business. Your knowledge, however small or large it is, to a business is worth money. It's, it's worth it because what you can bring to the table in terms of your knowledge and your expertise and your willingness to work and learn is going to benefit them. It's going to benefit their business. It's going to most likely either increase efficiency, increase their bottom line. It's going to do something. So don't work for free for an actual business. And again, as with most things, there are caveats to this. I would caveat that with, yes, my mother-in-law owns a small shop, you know, selling knickknacks. Sure, I will offer free, free consulting and maybe even free services to her for her business. But again, those are caveats because they're family and friends. So just take care when you get approached by a for-profit business about doing free work. Those are always, to me, just red flags, and that means that this person really isn't willing to invest what they need to invest in their business to keep it going. So (laughs) I've talked a lot about that. Um, businesses also have higher expectations as they should, but when higher expectations come, the person whose those expectations are pressed upon needs to be compensated appropriately for those expectations. So that just goes to my try not to work for free for, for an actual for-profit business. And even, you know, take heed for some nonprofit, some nonprofit businesses make quite a bit of money and should be able to afford to put money back into their business very easily. So, there I go. I've ranted on now for 20-some minutes, um, but I want to basically, to sum it up, I just, I think free work that you offer to friends and family should evolve as your career and your skill set does. Of course, as I've mentioned, I have immediate family and very close friends that I will pretty much always do free tech support for. I'll work on their computers. I do it for, I I do it quite often for some of my friends and family, my close friends and family. Um, I'll work on their computer. And I'll also take on, as I mentioned, projects and consulting services to organizations that I support. Um, Again, I don't offer free tech support to for-profit organizations, Unless it, again, unless it would be something run by a family member or a very close friend. Uh, Offering, sorry, I lost my place there. (laughs) Offer free or inexpensive consulting services and tech support, I do feel, is worth it to help you gain experience. But you have to make sure that you're not spending a lot of time working on people's home computers. Um, when you really want to be designing networks or building out server infrastructure or doing some other higher level learning and configuration and work. So as you start to gain experience and want to work and learn new technologies, I highly recommend you build your own virtual lab. I mean, I that's really what kind of skyrocketed a lot of the stuff that I work on and a lot of the services I was able to and I am able to provide is because I built my own virtual lab it doesn't take a whole lot to do but i was able to do it um 
and you can build in these types of labs when you create them you can build servers and virtual networks and basically practice anything you want so as you again with the normal progression you know if you're starting out from scratch work on some people's computers learn the, some of the basics there on how those things work continue to learn and learn and then if you don't get opportunities to work with nonprofits or other organizations to give you some of that higher level experience like putting in wireless access points or building out a server or building out a web server for example then look at building your own lab it's not that expensive and you can do a lot with it and that's going to pretty much be it for this podcast i hope you all enjoyed it and i'll see you next time if you enjoy this podcast and want some other great information about being a systems administrator, then head on over to thesysadminschool.com where I give you as much information as I can about becoming a sysadmin. If you would like to also play around with some of the technology that I talk about, then you may be interested in my ebook showing you how to build your own lab environment for less than $400. You can get that ebook at 400 dollarlab.com that's 400 the word dollar lab.com thanks again for listening and i hope you have a great day